Number five of A Christmas Miscellany, twenty eighteen, by Various. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Number five, The Christmas Gift by Horatio Alger, Jr. Heavily, heavily fell the snow, covering the dark brown earth, already hardened by the frost, with a pure white covering. As the rain falls alike upon the just and upon the unjust, so too the snow god's kindred messenger knows no distinction of persons visiting all alike forgetting none and passing by none in one of the principal streets of new york stood a boy of some twelve years his clothing was poor and too scanty to afford a sufficient protection against the inclemency of the season through the visor of his cap which had become detached in the middle having a connection only at the two extremities might be seen his rich brown hair notwithstanding the drawback of his coarse and ill-fitting attire it was evident that he possessed a more than ordinary share of boyish beauty but just at present his brow is overcast with a shade of anxiety and his frame trembles with the cold from which he is so insufficiently shielded it is a handsome street that in which he is standing on either side he beholds the residences of those on whom fortune has showered her favours bright lights gleam from the parlour windows and shouts of mirth and laughter ring out upon the night all is joy and brightness and festivity within these palace homes the snowflakes fall idly against the window-panes, they cannot chill the hearts within, nor place a bar upon their enjoyment, for this is Christmas Eve, long awaited, at length arrived. Christmas Eve, around which so many youthful anticipations cluster, has enjoyments peculiarly its own, over which the elements, however boisterous, have no control. Yet, to some, Christmas Eve brings more sorrow than enjoyment, serving only to heighten the contrast between present poverty and discomfort and past affluence but all this time we have left our little hero shivering in the street cold and uncomfortable as he was as well as anxious in mind for he had lost his way and knew not how to find it again he could not help forgetting his situation for the time in witnessing the scene which met his eye as for a moment he stood in front of a handsome residence on the south side of the street the curtains were drawn aside so that by supporting himself on the railing he had an unobstructed view of the scene within it was a spacious parlour furnished in a style elegant but not ostentatious in the centre of the apartment was a christmas tree brilliant with tapers which were gleaming from every branch and twig gifts of various kinds were hung upon the tree around which were gathered a group of three children respectively of eight six and four years the eldest was a winsome fairy with sparkling eyes and dancing feet the others were boys who were making the most of this rare opportunity of sitting up after nine o'clock at a little distance stood mr dinsmore and his wife gazing with unalloyed enjoyment at the happiness of their children while lizzie was indulging in expressions of delight at the superb wax doll which st nicholas had so generously provided her attention was for a moment drawn to the window through which she distinctly saw the figure of our hero who as we have said had in his eagerness raised himself upon the railing outside in order to obtain a better view she uttered an exclamation of surprise 
why mother there's a boy looking in at the window just look at him mrs dinsmore looked in the direction indicated and saw the little boy without his perceiving that attention had been drawn towards him some poor boy she remarked to her husband in a compassionate tone who loses for a moment the sensation of his own discomfort in witnessing our happiness see how eagerly he looks at the tree which no doubt appears like something marvellous to him why can't we let him in asked lizzie eagerly he must be very cold out there with the snowflakes falling upon him perhaps he would like to have a nearer view of our tree very well and kindly thought of my little girl said mr dinsmore placing his hand for a moment upon her clustering locks i will follow your suggestion but i must do it carefully or he may be frightened and run away before he knows what are our intentions so speaking mr dinsmore moved cautiously to the front door and opened it suddenly the boy startled by the sound turned toward mr dinsmore with a frightened air as if fearing that he would be suspected of some improper motive indeed sir said he earnestly i didn't mean any harm but it looked so bright and cheerful inside that i couldn't help looking in you have done nothing wrong my boy said mr dinsmore kindly but you must be cold here come in and you will have a chance to see more comfortably than you do now the boy looked a little doubtful for to him neglected as he had been by the rich and prosperous all his life it was very difficult to imagine that he was actually invited to enter the imposing mansion before him as a guest perhaps mr dinsmore divined his doubts for he continued come you must not refuse the invitation there are some little people inside who would be very disappointed if you should since it was they who commissioned me to invite you i am sure sir i am very much obliged both to them and to you said the boy gratefully advancing towards mr dinsmore of whom he had lost whatever little distrust he had at first felt a moment afterwards and the boy stepped within the spacious parlour to him whose home offered no attractions and few comforts the scene spread before him might well seem a scene of enchantment lizzie said mr dinsmore come forward and welcome your guest i would introduce him to you but unluckily i do not know his name my name is willie willie grant was the boy's reply then willie grant this is miss lizzie dinsmore who is i am sure glad to see you since it was at her request that i invited you to enter willie raised his eyes timidly and bent them for a moment on the singularly beautiful child who had come forward and frankly placed her hand in his there is something irresistible in the witchery of beauty and willie felt a warm glow crimsoning his cheeks as for a moment forgetful of everything else he bent his eyes earnestly upon lizzie then another feeling came over him and with a look of shame at his scanty and ill-fitting garments he dropped her hand and involuntarily shrank back as if seeking to screen them from sight perceiving the movement and guessing its cause mr dinsmore with a view to dissipate these feelings led forward harry and charlie the younger boys and told them to make acquaintance with willie with loud shouts of delight they displayed the various gifts which st nicholas had brought them and challenged his admiration everything was new to willie 
his childhood had not been smiled upon by fortune and the costly toys which the boys exhibited elicited quite as much admiration as they could desire occupied in this way his constraint gradually wore off to such a degree that he assisted charlie and harry in trying their new toys soon however the recollection that it was growing late and that he had yet to find his way home came to him and taking his old hat he said to mr dinsmore in an embarrassed manner my mother will be expecting me home and i should already have been there but that i lost my way and happened to look in at your window and you were so kind as to let me come in where does your mother live my little fellow asked mr dinsmore on blank street oh that is not far off i will myself show you the way if you will remain a few minutes longer mr dinsmore rang the bell and ordered a plate of cake and apples as he conjectured they would not be unacceptable to his little visitor meanwhile lizzie crept to her mother's side and whispered willie is poor isn't he yes what makes you ask i thought he must be because his clothes look so thin and patched don't you think he would like a christmas present mother yes my darling have you anything to give him i thought mother perhaps you would let me give him my five-dollar gold piece i think that would be better than any playthings may i give it oh yes my child if you are really willing but are you quite sure that you would not regret it afterwards yes mother and lizzie ran lightly to the little box where she kept her treasure quickly brought it forth and placed it in willie's hand this is your christmas present said she gaily willie looked surprised do you mean it for me he asked in a half bewildered tone yes if you like it oh i thank you very much for your kindness said willie earnestly and i will always remember it there was something in the boy's earnest tone which lizzie felt was an ample recompense for the little sacrifice she had made mr dinsmore fulfilled his promise and walked with willie as far as the street in which he lived when feeling sure that he could no longer mistake his way he left him mr dinsmore whom we have introduced to our readers was a prosperous merchant and counted his wealth by hundreds of thousands fortunately his disposition was liberal and he made the poor sharers with him in the gifts which fortune had so liberally showered upon him notwithstanding the good use which he made of his wealth he was fated to experience reverses resulting not from his own mismanagement but from a general commercial panic which all at once involved in ruin many whose fortunes were large and whose credit was long established in a word mr dinsmore failed eleven years had rolled by since the christmas night in which our story opens lizzie had not belied the promise of her girlhood but had developed into a radiantly beautiful girl already her hand had been sought in marriage but as yet she had seen no one on whom she could look with that affection without which marriage would be a mockery charlie and harry too eleven years had changed them not a little the boys of four and six had become fine manly youths of fifteen and seventeen the eldest had entered college harry however who was by no means studious had entered his father's counting-room that was a sorrowful night on which mr dinsmore made known to his afflicted wife the bankruptcy which was inevitable 
still sadder if possible was the sale which it enforced of the house which they had so long occupied the furniture which had become endeared to them by memory and association and the harsh interruption which loss of fortune put to all their treasured schemes my poor boy said mrs dinsmore sorrowfully as she placed her hand caressingly on the brown locks of charlie the eldest of the two boys it will be a hard sacrifice for you to leave the studies to which you are so much attached and enter a store as you will be obliged to do oh, i'd not thought of that murmured charlie it will indeed be a sacrifice but mother i would not care for that if you could only be spared the trials to which you will be exposed from poverty thank you for your consideration my child but do not fear that i shall not accommodate myself to it it is a heavy trial but we must try to think that it will ultimately eventuate in our good at the auction of mr dinsmore's house and furniture the whole property without exception was knocked off to a young man who seemed apparently of twenty-two or three years of age he was able to secure it at a price much beneath its real value for times were hard and money scarce so that he had but few competitors mr dinsmore did not hear his name and the pressure of sad thoughts prevented his making the inquiry possession was to be given in one week meanwhile mr dinsmore sought out a small house in an obscure part of the town which in point of elegance and convenience formed a complete contrast to the one he had formerly occupied he felt however that it would be all his scanty salary as clerk for he had secured a situation in that capacity would enable him to afford lizzie looked with a rueful face at the piano as a dear friend from whom she must henceforth be separated it being quite too costly a piece of furniture to be retained in their reduced circumstances her proficiency in music for which she had a great taste made her regret it doubly since she might with it have added to the resources of the family by giving music lessons on the last evening in which they were to remain in the old house their sad thoughts were broken in upon by a ring at the bell can they not even leave us to enjoy the last evening in quiet said charles half petulantly immediately afterwards there entered a young man in whom mr dinsmore recognized the purchaser of the house i need not bid you welcome said he smiling faintly since you have a better right here now than i myself had i been told three months since that this would be i would not have believed it but we cannot always foresee i shall be prepared to leave to-morrow i shall be better satisfied if you will remain said the young man bowing what do you mean simply that as this house and furniture are now mine to do with as i like i choose to restore you the latter and offer you the use of the former rent-free as long as you choose to occupy it well, who then are you asked mr dinsmore in increasing surprise who can be so kind to utter strangers with no claim upon you you are mistaken you have a claim upon me shall i tell you what it is eleven years ago to-morrow for to-morrow is christmas day a poor boy who had known none of the luxuries and but few of the comforts of life stood in this street his mind was ill at ease for he had lost his way 
but as he walked on he beheld a blaze of light issuing from a window from your window and aroused by curiosity he looked in around a christmas tree brilliant with light a happy group were assembled as he stood gazing in he heard the front door open and a gentleman came out and kindly invited him to enter he did so and the words of kindness and the christmas gift with which he departed have not yet left his remembrance seven years passed and the boy's fortune changed an uncle long supposed to be dead found him out and when he actually died left him the heir of a large amount of wealth need i say that i am that boy and that my name is willie grant the reader's imagination can easily supply the rest provided with capital by his young friend mr dinsmore again embarked in business and this time nothing occurred to check his prosperity charlie did not leave college nor did lizzie lose her piano she gained a husband however and had no reason to regret the train of events which issued from her christmas gift End of the christmas gift by horatio alger jr